I was just thinking, maybe I could just go on and on and on and on and on so that we wouldn't have to leave you. <laughs> like, how long can I preach for <laughs> to hang on to this, you know, moment of being in person, being connected physically, which I believe we will be again. Yeah. Uh, I believe we will. But even so, you have absolutely won your way into our hearts in three days. <laughs> and I feel... I feel love for you. That love compass of getting to stand with people that love the Lord so much. And if you are stepping in this morning to the time that we've been sharing, I want to welcome you and say that you miss nothing because of the grace of God. <laughs> so you are most welcome in the room and to pick up with us on the wave that we've been on and enjoy the ride together. Uh, so I'm thankful to be here. We are thankful to be here. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited about what God has up his sleeve for us this morning. Um, I also have to be honest that I wonder if one of the main things, if not the main thing, that he wants to do this morning was already happening mm -hmm. in worship today. And uh, that pearl... There's something uh, about that word, and it's actually part of my message today. I love when God does that. <laughs> uh, but I want to encourage you to stay connected in your heart to what's already been happening in yeah. here because it's so beautiful and it's so deep. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you're already doing. I honor what you're already doing. God, just the depth of connection with you that's already been taking place in this room today, and I pray that it would deepen, deeper still, Lord, that trajectory that we've been on already, that it would continue and it would go deeper. And I'm asking that you would do whatever it takes to create the testimony of, I feel closer to Jesus at the end of this time this morning. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the honor of getting to be friends with you, with people, and I give this time to you. Mitch and I both just devote this time to you. Amen. All right. There's one more thing that I feel that I am to pray before I begin sharing some of this message with you. Uh, I'm a, do you have children's church going on right now? Yes. Yeah. So while I was in worship, I felt the Lord speaking to me about your kids. And I wanted to take some time to pray over them. And so uh, if you have a child that's part of this church community, could you stand? First of all, let's honor our parents. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Six months in, right? <laughs> all right, I want to pray. Uh, so just receive on behalf of your children, and those of you who are around can actually extend your hands to these parents. So, God, I just want to thank you for your dream over the children of this house. 
And I pray, God, that there would be an impartation this morning on them wherever they are, that the Holy Spirit would show up in power in the rooms where they are in the name of Jesus. God, I ask that there would be a dispatch of angelic activity over the children of this house to unlock the gifts that they're carrying. And I speak to the gifts that they're carrying, that they matter. And I pray that they would come up and out <laughs> with speed in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your dream over the children of this house, and I come into agreement with it this morning and speak an acceleration to it in the name of Jesus. God, I bless the ones who are seers, who are seeing you already and seeing into the spirit realm that you would especially protect those prophetic gifts in these early years. God, I bless the ones who are called to evangelism and finding and seeking and saving the lost. God, I ask that you would protect them in these early years and that you would connect them with people even at a young age with favor. God, I bless the ones who are called to marketplace, to influence marketplace and government. Holy Spirit, I ask for the ideas to come even in dreams in the night. God, even in the early years of their life, that they would have dreams and ideas about innovation and design, about business and government. Holy Spirit, that you would make this house a place that would receive revelation in and through children. We bless the children of this house, God, and I pray for an impartation for them this morning. Holy Spirit, that you would come on them with power where they are right now and that they would experience an increase of your manifest presence in their lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Uh, just raise your hand. Any of you have a child between two and four? Okay, I actually felt like the Lord highlighted that age bracket to me, that there were going to be extraordinary spiritual gifts um, in the children that were in that age bracket right now. And so just keep your eyes open. <laughs> when stuff starts to happen, encourage it. But I just bless in particular the brightness and the supernatural gifts that God has put on that little age bracket as well in your house. Yeah. Amen. Okay, that was fun. How are you guys feeling? Good. I want to talk to you this morning uh, more from a place of exhortation than teaching uh, and on the topic of multiplication. Because I think that you are going to be experiencing it as a community. Uh, in great measure in the coming days. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the miracle of multiplication and what we see in the life of Jesus when that happens and what we can hope for, for you as a community, but also in your own life. <laughs> so my question is, what if what you have two of today you have 10,000 of in a few months. Think about it first in your own life. What if what you have five of today, you were to have 5,000 of 
in a couple months. When we put what we have into the hands of God, something happens to it (laughs) that can really blow your mind. And there's something that we have found in our ministry to the heart that has a powerful dual role in people's lives And this thing is called gratitude. And this thing of gratitude, we have seen again and again and again, does two things for people. One, it protects their heart through the practice of contentment. It is often the normal human longings of our heart that get us into trouble. (laughs) Gratitude actually holds you in a place of contentment before God that protects the heart. It's one of the most powerful tools that we've found for heart health over time. But in the same moment, that gratitude is like a healing balm, an oil, and yet a container and a protection for the heart. It also positions people for multiplication. Because when you give thanks for what you do have and give it to him, I don't know how it happens. But all of a sudden, it becomes more than enough. Baskets left over in feeding people. And I feel like this is a bit of a prophetic exhortation this morning for us together and for you to be able to really celebrate and thank God for what he's done in this house. To feel the gratitude of what this house is for you and who he is for you. And at the same time, to practice together this act of expressing gratitude and then putting it in his hands and getting ready (laughs) for the multiplication that will come. Make sense? Okay. Every gospel has this story in it. It's a little different in each. I'm going to read it to you from Mark 6. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. That must have been fun. (laughs) I'm going to listen in on those stories. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. Bummer. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Okay, if you're a disciple, how do you feel about that right now? You didn't even have time to eat. And Jesus sees it and he cares and he says, come away with me to a quiet place and rest. 
and people run on foot and beat you to your solitary quiet place. <laughs> and here, here's our King Jesus, okay? When Jesus landed and he saw the large crowd, what happened to him? He had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd, so he began teaching them. So I think that for some of these followers of Jesus, this may have already been a bit of a frustrating situation. Right? Like, are you really going to give again? Just even when you just told us you were going to take a break? I believe in breaks. But right now, I'm talking about something else. <laughs> By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. <laughs> like, just so you know, Jesus, this is a remote place that we're in right now. And it's already very late. So how about you send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat? But he answered to them, you give them something to eat. <laughs> they said to him, that would take eight months of man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. How they organized themselves in hundreds and fifties is beyond me. <laughs> Taking the five loaves and the two fish. Okay, you guys, here it is. This is the miracle of multiplication. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. And then he broke the loaves and he gave them to his disciples who distributed them to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. So apparently, you and I can do more than we think. Sometimes you take a look at what God's doing and it's totally overwhelming. And you wonder how you're going to keep up. But apparently, we can do more than we think. Whatever is in your hands... Okay? <laughs> Whatever is in your hands. First of all, look up to heaven. The perspective on what you're holding is going to look different after you've lifted your eyes to heaven. Because it is so much easier to let go of whatever that is 
in light of eternity and what really matters in the wealth of eternity. Keep perspective, yes? Because these loaves and these fish, if you don't look to heaven, you will be putting that thing in your pocket and running for your life. Because if that's really all the food that there is, and you have 5,000 people that are hungry, you are basically not safe, right? But if you look to heaven, if you get heaven's perspective on what's actually going on, you have no need to clench it and put it in your pocket because you know that there's more than enough for all of these hungry people. So you take what you have and you look up. Look up. He looked up and then he gave thanks for what was in his hands. I think sometimes we focus a lot on what's missing in our life. But if you begin to practice, even for the sake of care of your own heart, looking for what is there and giving thanks for it, it becomes the provision that you need, and it's enough. Looking up to heaven, giving thanks. You know what blows my mind about this moment of giving thanks for what is he was thanking God that he had something to give away. This wasn't thank you God that I have bread so that I can get full. This was thank you that we have something for you to work with even though it doesn't feel like it's enough. It doesn't look like it's enough, but it is enough. Yeah? Okay. And then he gave it away. There's something, friends, about God's call this morning for us to give ourselves away again. Like Romans 12:1, a living sacrifice. To be able to say whatever it is that we have, whoever it is that we are, we look to heaven. And in light of heaven, this many people can transform the region, let alone the nation, let alone the world. Yes. If you look to heaven, yes. the potential of what can take place in one room yes. full of people like you whose hearts are beating for Jesus, wow, so much can happen. So we look to heaven, we get perspective that this place matters to the eternal story that God is writing in your lifetime. And we give thanks for what we do have. We do have this going, we do have this going. The practice of gratitude will keep your heart healthy. And that's an individual thing as much as it is a corporate thing. And it's a simple thing, but I just wanna remind you about it this morning. And then giving it, giving it, give, 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 giving it away. Giving yourself away. Giving our story away. You know? 
to see what can become of it in the hands of God. Oh, that book we that book I wrote was so hard to release because of the intensity of the vulnerability that is in there. It's just so amazing the way that God is using it to heal people. Okay. <laughs> I want to tell you a testimony. Is that all right? About multiplication. And I want you to listen knowing that I'm sharing it because I believe that this miracle is something that Jesus wants to perform in your life. The miracle of multiplication, of taking what you do have, even if you feel like it's broken, broken bread, to see what he can do with whatever we give thanks for and give away and give to him. So I studied dance growing up, ballet and modern, and I loved to dance. Studied it in college, too, and then uh, stopped engaging with performing arts for a while. But uh, after our daughter Ruby passed away, which uh, there's more of that story in the other messages if you haven't been here, but I got a phone call from an old Salvation Army youth pastor of mine. I grew up in the Salvation Army church, and it is a church. <laughs> Many people know it's a thrift store, and they have camps, and they do social services, all of which are true, but it's actually a denomination church. And I grew up in it, and I got this call, and he knew that I was in a really rough place of grief, like I didn't even want to get out of bed. And he said to me, I have a crazy idea, Katie. I know what you're going through, but will you come help me? this summer with presenting the gospel to kids creatively. And as soon as he said it, I knew it was the Lord, and I knew it was crazy for me to think that I would be able to do something like that in that season. But I really felt like it was the Lord, and to Mitch's credit, he supported me to go. And I packed up the car, drove from Virginia to Massachusetts like nine hours by myself, wondering what was about to happen. <laughs> and the only thing that I had was a playlist of music that had been a lifeline for me through difficult days. You know how music can like hold you through things? And there are certain seasons where God will give you certain songs and they pull you through. The only thing I had to give to this production that I was supposed to be writing and directing in like 24 hours was a playlist of songs that had pulled me through, a bit of a testimony. And uh, when I got there, he shared with me that the camp had become very secular in nature, even though it's supposed to be a Christian camp. And his heart was that he wanted to bring some powerful expression of the gospel of Jesus back into the experience that children were having at this camp and give them an opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord, and he wanted me to figure out how to do that creatively. So he, he gets kind of nervous because clearly I'm not like, I don't have it all together. And he says, uh, so do you have any ideas? And I said, well, 
how about we do something on love? And he said, love? <laughs> okay. Next day, do you have any ideas? I'm like, well, okay. Long story short, I said, get me a piece of foam core. You know what that is? The thicker post board? And uh, stone spray paint that makes it look like a stone, red spray paint that makes it look alive, and cut a heart out, and I want you to paint one side of it stone with a crack, and the other side of it bright red and alive, and we'll do something with this. And so the cast comes together, and they sit down, and I sit down with them, and I say, listen to me. I need your help. <laughs> we have how many days to somehow turn this stone-broken heart into an alive, beating, red heart? And the only thing that we can use is the gospel story. You're all going to get a stone heart, and somehow we have to tell this story, and I have music, and that's it. And this incredible thing happened where we dove into the gospel story, and it was like a living experience, I kid you not, like a living experience. Where in the middle of just such a broken time, it was like I saw Jesus again, and I saw that he was enough, and I saw that he had given his life for me, that he had carried my pain. And people were encountering God like in the rehearsal process in such a profound way. This girl had been sent across the country by her parents to get away from a lesbian relationship she was involved in, and it was their attempt to remove her from it. And, and she ends up in my cast, not, I don't know her story, and she's casted as um, the woman caught in adultery, and she's got everyone standing around her with stones and disgusted looks on their face. And Jesus cuts through and takes her hand, and she starts having an encounter like a God meltdown. And I don't even know what's going on, but when Jesus, like, in this rehearsal process begins to pull her up, I can see the Lord on her. And so I ask her later, and she tells me the story, and she says, when he, brought, when he put his hand out to me and pulled me up, I felt myself come up out of it. Yeah. It was amazing. You know, and I hear the Holy Spirit say, cast that guy as Peter. And I'm like, okay. And I do. And when he goes to step out of the boat, I see the Holy Spirit, like, come on him. And he begins to have this experience. And at that point, I began to learn something. Stop and find out what God is doing. Because now, this isn't about a performance at all. It's about a process of encountering the gospel that is worth stopping for. If we never make it to the stage, we never make it to the stage. But maybe some people will have a transformed experience, you know? And he confesses in front of everyone this peer pressure that he's been in with specific friends in his life. And he knew that stepping out of the boat was that. It was God's call for him to make a decision whether he was going to stick with these people or he was going to step out. And, he <laughs> and so God put him in this role, and he ends up stepping out week after week after week after week after week as the production was used in that context. It was so incredible. 
So by the time we took this thing and put it on stage, it was, it was no longer loaves and fishes. It was no longer even just performing art. It was testimonies. It was testimony art that was breathing the anointing the, of what people had experienced. Their testimonies became like living preaching. Preaching that was alive because it had so impacted their heart and then they were sharing it. And I'm, and I'm watching this transpire and I'm watching them cry on stage and things going on. I'm in the back of the room and they go to give the altar call and the kids were running to the Lord. Like running. It was hard to find an empty seat in the place. And the thing that just blew my mind, friends, was that I'm like, the Lord and I both know that all I had to give was a stone cart with a crack in it and a playlist. But the willingness to give what you do have and put it into his hands, he can... And you're going like, whoa. This camp experienced an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that was so significant through this piece that other Salvation Army camps started hearing about it and they wanted me to come and do it there. And what I learned was that it was really about the process of what was happening in the rehearsal room that if the cast could be impacted by the story, if they could really find Jesus, that that was all we needed to do. By the time they stood up, they were preaching with passion from their heart, you know? And it got bigger and it got bigger and I couldn't go to all the places. And so they started regional events where people would come and they would learn it. And it's now being used in almost every Salvation Army camp east of the Mississippi in the States. Like, I can't even tell you, it's just, it's scary, it's gotten so big, it's scary. They told me that it, the, the head of the East Coast Youth uh, for the Salvation Army said it's the most effective form of evangelism they have, and they have documented over 30,000 commitments to Jesus in the last five years. What is that? That's the power of the gospel yes. on top of the willingness to let go and give yourself to him or whatever you do have. And here's the good news. It doesn't even have to be a whole loaf of bread. You might not even have a whole loaf of bread to give. You may have a broken. You may have a broken something to give. You may have a broken something of your story to give. But whatever you do have, And I felt like this morning in sharing this, that it, it's evident to me that there are a lot of artists in your community. I don't usually share this much about the Jesus Theater process, but I felt to with you because there are so many creatives here. I've met you, I've seen you. We've got creativity buzzing around you. I want you to dream about the miracle of multiplication for your art. 
And whatever that is for you, I mean, whatever it is, for some of you, you don't call it creativity, it's just how you do your job. You get ideas in the workplace that are unique or whatever. We really have, we really have through Jesus, the capacity for greatness. But it has to do with letting go, really giving to him what we have. Yeah? Okay, I want to show you a few pictures. Uh, the first one is just multiplication. Uh, I felt like this was a word for your community, this image. Baskets full, baskets overflowing. There are things being developed in your house that need to be packaged and distributed and multiplied. There's such, there's such valuable things that you guys are doing together and creating together. And I believe the Lord will build those bridges for you, but I am prophesying that there will be a multiplication for your efforts. That the things that you have labored to produce in this context are for more than you. And there will be baskets and there will be a distribution that will take place. It may already be in some way, but I declare an opening up in the name of Jesus of bridges for your materials to find their way into the hands of hungry people who need them, who need them. All right. The next one, I just have a few. We'll go through them quickly. Here's some of my Jesus Theater people. <laughs> These are representatives from around the East Coast that came to study and learn the process, and that's us being silly. Next. <laughs> this is a group of people from the southern states who came together. Next. There's an altar full of kids in a camp in Pennsylvania. This is one of my favorite pictures. <laughs> Uh, this little girl was giving her life to Jesus, but she wanted the Jesus character to pray for her. She was like beelining for Jesus, you know? She was going to take no lesser thing. So <laughs> she got him. That was really sweet. Next. That's an altar full of kids. That's a camp in Massachusetts. Okay, that's all. I just wanted to give you some pictures of what I'm talking about. The multiplication. It's real. All right. You know, we've been singing this today about the pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and yeah. sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. I like how it says, and then in his joy, mm -hmm. he went and sold everything he had because he knew the value of what he had found was worth giving everything. Amen. Was worth giving everything. I'm challenging you as a sister in the Lord 
ask yourself what it would look like to relinquish more to him. Whatever it is that you do have, to look to heaven, to give thanks, and to give it away. To give it away again, and again, and again, and again. And to get to be an eyewitness in your own life of this miracle of multiplication. Some people define success by numbers and a width of a thing. I don't think that's always true. Sometimes it's the depth of a thing where the multiplication will be experienced. Yes. It'll multiply that way. <laughs> you know. I want to pray into this moment and then we're going to pause and then we'll come back and do some altar ministry with you this morning. But I want to give you an invitation today. To be called back to a place of deep, authentic gratitude. And to be called in to deeper surrender with him. To release what you have, to be willing to give it. With great joy, knowing that it's for the pearl. I want to invite you to engage with the Holy Spirit. You can stand or sit, but just connect directly with the Lord, and I'll pray. Just as you spend a minute with him, I want you to think about what is it that you're thankful for right now in your life? Just begin to thank God for the things that are coming to mind. Just the aroma of gratitude that does precede the miracle. Let's just linger in that place for a moment. healthy through gratitude.
just begin to ask God what you can give him today. What do you have to give? And if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus, there's an invitation to know him, to give him your own life. of you who do know Jesus, it's an invitation to surrender again, like a living sacrifice. You can have it all, God. You can have it all, God. Even the parts that feel broken, the parts that feel whole. we bring to you the offering of ourselves this morning. Some of you will begin to feel a grace of surrender. You know when God enables you to surrender in a deeper way. Let him come close. Let him come over you. Let him enable you yourself to him, to give what you have. God, I want to thank you for this place. I first of all bless you as individuals who are made for greatness, who are positioned for the miracle of multiplication, for wide influence, deep influence. And I also thank you, God, for this corporate place and this corporate body. I thank you for the labor, the tears, the sacrifice that have gone into bringing together what we see today. We give you thanks, God, for the beauty of what we've been able to step into for a few days. We give you thanks, God. And in the name of Jesus, I declare a multiplying factor to be activated in this house, in Jesus' name, that even the very ground would begin to tremble and break open for multiplication. God, I ask that you would send from heaven the power to cause multiplication to take place. That from this place, there will be baskets and baskets and baskets and baskets of provision, feeding people and feeding them deeply.
God, that same grace that's been on the Jesus Theater, I ask that you'd release it in this house on the creative endeavors of these people, that there'd be such a multiplication that would take place. God, I ask that many, many, many would come home through the expressions of love that come from this house. just praise him for a moment we thank you Jesus we thank you Lord we thank you God we thank you God God we thank you we thank you for Jesus this indescribable gift Jesus Christ we thank you we thank you for the power of the gospel we thank you God we thank you for your friendship Jesus to heaven and ask for eyes to see the potential of our lives in our time. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, God. We celebrate your good work. say to you that it is very liberating to let go, isn't it? You realize that living while you're holding on to stuff takes a lot of work. <laughs> but you, when you really give it to him and you really let go, it's like it frees you up. That's fun.